0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to This is Fine, a podcast that touches on different areas of mental health, from traumas to self-improvement, where I, your host, Ivor, unpack insights that may provide some direction as you navigate this thing we call life. Hmm. Now, as you may have noticed, I like words. I like to choose my words specifically and I think that's best done when we're writing or that's easiest done when we're writing. It's kind of like you have a a different voice, you know, that comes through when you're writing. But I digress. I like to choose my words and um, I wish I had like a broader vocabulary when I speak. Because listen, as as like I used to be that lonely, confused little queer boy who would read the dictionary memorizing words... And then when I'm in a confrontation with someone or I'm speaking to an adult, I'll try to use like better words just to show off that knowledge and prove that I'm somehow smart or I'm better than someone who may be like bullying me or something. Um, I think that that insecurity was definitely born out of like an all-rounder of just being different, specifically in high school. Like everyone has, has that feeling of emotional vulnerability in high school. And um, for me specifically, I got teased for, believe it or not, not for being queer, It was more for the t- like my hair. The texture of my hair was, yo, it's like very difficult to describe. I don't even have many photos of that time. It really, like due to having German and African ancestry, combined with just uh, above the poverty line existence, and then like, I would say the lack of, Of nutritional value for generations. Genetics said, no, Mary, you don't need good hair. What you need is something else. Now, since I've been blessed with so many other gifts, like um, my intelligence, now as an adult, I have like still remnants of that insecurity remaining, despite being very much aware of that. But as a kid, oh, I just dreaded having my hair. Like the texture was a clear mix of, like I said, German and African. Um, and, uh, it was very fine, extremely curly in some areas and not so much in other areas. Um, I didn't know how to take care of it. It would grow very thick, like a baby afro and hair loss started at around 17 years old. Why am I recounting my insecurities? I don't know, but I'll go with it. Yeah. Talking about it now makes me ask, why am I reliving these emotions or these feelings? Not really reliving it, but why am I talking about this? Um, I think I'm trying to get to the point, having a weakness, but choosing something else, choosing to focus on something else. And so I had this thing that made me so sensitive and so so self-conscious, but then I also decided I'm going to focus on like uh improving the way I communicate, which was literally like me reading a dictionary. Um, and I think that was the start of how I cultivated mental fortitude was was not focusing on my flaws but focusing on something that i can control i think that was a very clear start to how i cultivated mental fortitude which is the topic of today's um episode and mental fortitude by itself like with all things in life is a journey and not a destination and um for me i think like up until six years ago um as part of that journey, not destination, as part of that journey, I would like once or twice a year look at like those people uh, that um, teased me for whatever reason, being queer or having the hair I do. Um, I would look them up on Facebook, you know, and then look specifically for the, the people that would call me she when talking about me. You know, or, or ask, are you wearing a wig or why didn't you wash your hair when I did? Um and I used to, like, revel in the fact that they don't look half as good as I do today. You know, but I do it, like, to be specifically vindictive and mean about it. Like, I think to myself, oh, they're fat. Or, oh, he looks like, a, like um, he ate the backseat of a 1979 Datsun hatchback. Who remembers that Japanese car? Um, I think it's called Tatasun dat- in Japanese. I'm not sure. It's an iconic car. Or I don't know why I'm why I'm all of a sudden thinking about cars, but I would like clicked at someone else's photo and be like, "Oh, she looks like a massive steering wheel of that like VW Beetle." Remember that nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies, iconic color, colonialization car brought to Africa. <laughs> um, it was extremely popular in South Africa and Namibia. But the point is, like along that 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 journey of of mental fortitude, I had. For somehow, try to reduce those people. Try to reduce them. Make them. F- make them look like less than I am now. Um, and then I used fatphobic language, and 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 things that were meant to degrade someone's appearance. Um, you know, I I think obviously it's a result of the bullying that I did experience and and the insecurity that developed from that. And the uncomfortable space it left me in, and the only way that I could get comfortable, the only way that I could feel secure, was to try and reduce them like they had done me, which really doesn't happen, because when you knock someone else's down, it doesn't make you taller. Um, But I think in the midst of that experience, I was definitely on the journey to mental fortitude. Now, it's a long way to get to the point of the episode, Um, but here we are, and some of us are queer, Um, speaking of which, if you're listening to this, to this and you're straight, let me just tell you something that your life isn't nearly as fabulous as anyone who's queer. Okay. Now that I've done that whole stretch limbo of a tangent, just to get to the topic of uh, mental fortitude, I'd like to like clarify for all of us, what I mean by mental fortitude. The word mental stems from the Latin word mentalis. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it, Loosely translates to the mind, as we all have guessed. And then the word fortitude, which I lean more towards towards fortitude when I think of the words mental fortitude. And fortitude is also Latin, also stems from Latin. And I think it's a mixture of fortis, which means strong and brave. And then um, fortitudo, if I'm not mistaken, which means strength, force, and firmness. And I think it also means masculinity, but we're not going to go there. So... When you hear the words mental fortitude, what do you think about mental fortitude? What, what image comes to your mind? What emotions um, are connected with these words, if you have any? But just take a moment to think about mental fortitude. What comes up for you? Because I re- really think that just taking a moment is a good place to start. Um, because for me, my mind, like I said, leaned towards... Leans towards the fortitude part. The immediate image that comes to mind is a castle by the ocean. Perpetually overcast, never really dry, a little bit sad, but sad and alone, but not necessarily like depressive because castles are these massive, like enigmatic structures that represent strength and resilience in the midst of all conditions from weather to war. And I really do think that a big part of mental fortitude, at least for me, was waging war with my mind and my bad habits. And you know what a bad habit sounds like? Bad habits are like, th- at least like I said, for me, the voices in your, in your head that says, just that one time or just that last time, you know, as you eat four handfuls of peanut M&Ms or the voice that says, I'll do it later or just five more minutes. There's one that I used to do so much. So back when I used to scroll on Instagram looking for like a mixture of, or not even looking for, but looking at a mixture of gay memes and I don't know, hot guys that I'll never look like. You know, when I'd scroll and I know I have to do something, either work or laundry, but I somehow got sucked into my phone, I'd say, okay, it's 10.23. I'll start scrolling at 10.30. Somehow, I don't know how, but somehow I convinced myself that a nice round number is a good place to start. Like it's a good place to make a change. Obviously now I see that success and failure doesn't exactly wait for a round number. Good habits don't wait for a round number to come around. You know the time is for change is always now, right? <sighs> um, but that was a massive bad habit for me and and if I'm not careful I do know that because it was already like so strong in my mind and if I don't tend to my mental fortitude, if I don't keep it strong, I could easily slip into like Twitter or Netflix and just stay in that world for and then get back into thinking of, oh, just until 10:30. Because I think when when you're engaged in those things, and if you take a minute to just think about something that you do that's similar to what I do, Perhaps you might find yourself in thoughts or beliefs that either devalue someone else or puts you in some kind of a pity or in some kind of procrastination um, or in something that just really takes the responsibility or the off of you and your, your place in the world. You know, like thoughts like, oh, that person has everything or I'll never be that attractive. I'll never have good hair. I'll, I'll never have a partner those things seem so small and harmless and they come so quickly and in some way they're kind of twisted and also in a clear way they might make you feel better in that moment but it's a slow acting poison that weakens you from the inside and it is my understanding that every thought we think contributes to our mental state and that your mental state is actually just like a neutral term And speaking for those of us who are lucky enough to have the circumstances that contribute to a quote-unquote mentally stable state, we have to be careful about the thoughts we think because it sways your state being positive or negative, uh, good or bad habits. Um, But honestly, sometimes I think that in this crazy world we live in, it's better to be a little bit insane. Maybe that's why I'm doing a podcast, because I'm insane. Um, But... Yeah, I think that in some point in our lives, we find ourselves in circumstances that require mental fortitude. And and you will, if you haven't yet experienced that state of mind that requires you to, to have a strong castle of a mind, um, it really gets difficult going forward. And so my goal today is to help shed some light on how you can make it more bearable to move forward if you're going through a difficult time in any area of your life. Um, Psychotherapist Amy Morin has determined three kinds of destructive beliefs that chip away at our mental fortitude. So these are things that I have kind of like known in some way or another because I'm very much like Engrossed in this world. So the first one, um, there's, there's the first one of the three beliefs is an unhealthy belief about ourselves. I think this is seen as like feeling sorry for yourself, a, a self pity, a pity party, and maybe I think even touched on a little bit of self doubt. As a kid, I definitely fell into self pity a couple of times. I think that's natural. As a teenager too, but somehow I wasn't really, you know, buried there. But when it comes to the toxic realm of being a queer man in 2021, self-pity is so easy to to get trapped and to get to invite into your, your home, your heart, your mind. Um, one specific moment that I just remember, wow, I haven't thought about this, um, was I was having dinner with friends of mine. Uh, let's call, it's a guy and a woman. So she will be called Christian and he'll be called Adonis because he was as handsome and muscular as a Greek Adonis, as a Greek god. Um, then there were, like, Korean people next to us. This was a couple of years ago, maybe 2018. Um, there were Korean people next to us, and they were so enthralled at my f- at um, my friend uh, Christine because she speaks Korean very well. And they were enthralled with a Greek god in our midst. They loved how handsome he was. And then, for some reason... My brain blocked out the middle part of it all. I don't remember the middle part, but I don't know. my brain being selective here, trying to make me feel like the victim. um I just remember at the end of it me saying something like they didn't even want a picture with me. like I was immediately pulled into like um pity and then christina Christine Christine says it's because you have the personality and he has the looks, and people like me, like referring to herself, and I was like. Uh, I felt very offended by this. Um, just as side note, I know that the intention of that statement that Christine made um, wasn't neg- wasn't necessarily negatively meant. It was just like a thing she said in the moment. Um, all I can do is I can judge the way that I felt, which was very much like feeling sorry for myself. Like it, <laughs> Of course, in that moment, my big personal- personality deflected, deflected the comment or something like that but honestly it was something that stuck with me because obviously I'm I'm like recalling it now but when you're in situations like that and you don't have mental fortitude it's very common and very easy for you to default to thought patterns or, or negative habits that have you thinking why do these things always happen to me or when you're faced with a situation that prompts I shouldn't have to deal with this It really does limit you. I know most of the time we can't help it but just know that that kind of thinking does literally nothing for you. It serves no purpose but to perpetuate a thought pattern that keeps you well in that thought pattern and the longer you stay there the more those kind of things actually happen to you. Now you can continue with your pretty party for one or you can use that energy for a solution. Um, what was my solution? To be perfectly honest, I don't know exactly yet. I still have major issues about the small body frame that I have. Not so much about the hair, because I did something about that. Um, you know, despite being super proud of my mental acuity and my ability to cultivate self-confidence and to, to continually work on like my mental fortitude, I still experience a measure of, I think, body dysmorphia, which I think is more common than people realize, And on both extremes, whether you feel like you look extremely good or (laughs) extremely bad. Um, But I want you to know that working in the opposite direction of where your mind defaults to, it takes energy from where your mind is going. So when you realize that you're in that state of self-pity, of not having something that someone else has, our best bet is like do one of two things. Find something that you're grateful for or make someone else smile i've said this before many a time i'll come back to some like mental health advice i just wanted to say that before we get into the second one um the second kind of like mental or, or destructive mental belief that chips away at our castle of mental fortitude is unhealthy beliefs about others um amy morin links this to giving away your power for like uh, for example if you feel like you have to work late like those those words that come up i have to work late you give away your power you give away the agency you have over your body your time and your mind and you give away the agency of the direction of your life little by little i have to work late i have no choice consider for a moment that you do have a choice also something i've said many a time and will repeat consider for a moment that you do have a choice there might be consequences to your choice. There might be consequences to you saying no or whatever, but you always have a choice. I don't know how difficult it is for you, and I always try to like speak from my experience of life, and as an adult I try, like I say this with a capital T R Y, I try to see my choices, to look at my choices. I know a lot of them happen unconsciously for many of us, for all of us actually. And are easily explained away by psychological, cultural, like socio, uh, socio-economic conditioning. But if I find myself in that kind of a bind where I have to think I have to work late or I don't have a choice, um, my default is examining, is going the opposite way, is examining the choices that led me to, 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 to say working with or seeing someone every day but pretending they don't exist because that's my current situation. Yes, I'm petty, but that's come, you know, as as a series of choices that I've made that I'm taking responsibility for. The third destructive mental habit is unhealthy beliefs about the world. Somehow we've come to a belief that says if you put in enough effort, if you work just hard enough, that you'll be rewarded, that success will find you. But I don't know about you, but hard work does not exactly equate success. And here's the thing, as far as I've come to learn through the years of reading quotes and listening to motivational speakers and and reading black poets, when you do something expecting a reward, then you've missed the mark. You're not a child. Okay, so... It's honestly it's hard to give up your bad habits, and this connects, you know, the episode to last week or the week before when I spoke about bad habits. Those mental thought patterns aren't simply just bad; they're destructive. Our bad habits are not bad; they're destructive. Like let's use different language about it. They weaken your castle of mental fortitude. Um, in twenty twenty, I kind of had like one of the worst years. No, not one of the worst years. The worst year of my life it's you know we're halfway through 2021 and the remnants of that is still with me every day um it's not exactly something i want to detail right now and i don't know if i ever will on the podcast but throughout that time what i can tell you is how i stayed present i used dr amy morin's advice and i wrote down a list of good habits that mentally strong people i admire look up to Listen to a lot, read a lot. I made a list of um, good habits that those people engage in, and then I made a, ha- a list of bad habits that I have. You know, and I want to be able to make a template for you to use. But I think you need to be deeply vulnerable to admit your own like shortcomings, your own mental like bad mental habits. Um, it has to come from you if you have the desire to form or and fortify healthy mental habits. You must make space in your life um, to get rid of the ones that that are holding you back. So I would say start there. And like off the bat, you have to know that, you know, mistakes are going to happen. Lapses in judgment are going to happen. But say to yourself, when I find myself touching that bag of M&Ms, I'll ask myself, is this going to make me feel good in the short run? And will it hurt me in the long run? When you find yourself buying i don't know a starbucks macchiato caramel swirl whatever the fuck, and you ask yourself will this make me feel good in the short run and how will it make me feel in the long run you know if i find myself wanting to punch or actually i would rather wanting to insult someone um will this make me feel good in the long run yes will it hurt me in the long run also yes And that kind of thinking, I think, is where we get into questioning that gets a little bit uncomfortable for most people. But just know that that point, that point at which you feel uncomfortable, that is a great point at which growth comes from. So when you're feeling uncomfortable about your feelings, it is so natural to deflect, to deflect in some way. Like when you're sad or lonely or feeling hurt or scared, it's an uncomfortable space to be in. And the habit of a pity party is is so much more comfortable to go to. Um, We have unhealthy habits of comparing ourselves to other people. Then we form beliefs around these people, you know, it's not really based in truth. We're thinking that they're either better than us or we're better than them. Or we blame them for a situation or a feeling that we're feeling. But really, you know, there's that, what's that quote that says, um, no one can make you feel something without your consent. I just like thought of it now and I just realized that that quote has nothing to do with other people. But it's basically saying that taking responsibility for your feelings also takes, also means you take responsibility for your power. It's not, that quote isn't necessarily about someone saying something bad and you going, no, I won't listen to that. For me, it's a great way to look at it saying that re- take responsibility for your feelings and take responsibility for your power, which means if someone else says something, you decide how you feel and you decide what power you hold. I think if you're in a place of sadness, you know, at the actions of other people at, or at the events of life, you somehow think it will get better, but it never does. Just take responsibility because it's a great mental habit. I think a great mental habit you can um, engage in is compare yourself to the person you were yesterday. That's probably something you've heard before, but I'd like to to, to to pair that with also saying that compare yourself to the person you want to become. And then you'll find a nice middle ground of knowing, knowing where you're at. To know where you're going, it, it helps to know where you're at, right? Um, and there's a quote that beautifully sums this up. I've I've used it before and I'll use it again. What's good for the ego is bad for the soul. (sighs) Okay, so just to recap, mental fortitude is a set of good habits that we all choose individually for those moments in your life when you will be tested because you will get tested. A good starting point is identify good habits from other people, people you admire, write them down or memorize them, even if it's just one And then do some consciousness work and figure something out about your own bad habits. That I would suggest you make a list of. From there, create an action plan for when you find yourself at a crossroads that require mental or emotional strength, mental fortitude. I can only tell you what's worked for me. I know for certain that a driving force was a robust or is a robust self-reflective or self-reflection mechanism whenever something quote-unquote goes wrong in life. I always look for my responsibility in the matter first. Before someone else, before some something I don't understand, I always look at my reaction, my responsibility first. Something tells me maybe I should leave it there. Yeah, because what you do in the next step is very specific to you and it will be revealed to you when you are able to be self-reflective. Yeah, so find one habit, become a little bit self-reflective, and then move forward towards changing it. Once you flip that switch in your brain that makes you see how much control you have, it becomes easier for you to alter the trajectory of your life. All right, everyone, today I've been a little bit sleepy. This weekend has been really hot. I don't know how everyone else feels. Different parts of the world. I know there's people listening from different parts of the world. But over here, it is hot as a devil's g-string. Ugh, anyway. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you like this episode, if you enjoyed this episode, if there's something you learned from this episode, please don't be shy. I appreciate if you share it with a friend or share it on your social media. And... Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Do something kind for someone. Drink your water. Have a wonderful night. Bye-bye.